This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid, and thank you all for joining us today. For over 30 years, my guest has inspired, equipped, and empowered believers on so many levels, and today is no exception. She'll be talking to us about the revelation behind her brand new book, Accessing the Riches of Heaven. So stay right where you are. It's going to be exciting. I know it is. So please welcome to the program today, Patricia King. Hi, Patricia. Hello there. I'm happy to be with you today on this program. It's going to be exciting. It sure is. And I want everybody to stay with us for the entire program because I don't want you to miss any of it. Now, I I mentioned your brand new book, Patricia, but I want to get a a few other things in here before we actually dig into that. I know that that you have several supernatural aspects of your ministry, and, and one of those are angels. You actually have been seeing and experiencing angels since you were a very, very young believer. That's right. It wasn't that long after coming to know Christ that I had an angelic encounter. And um, I just want to say to all of you who are listening is that everything that is supernatural in the kingdom is for every believer to experience. And so the closer we draw to the Lord, the more um, sensitive we become to that realm. Um, but I had my first angelic um, encounter as far as a open vision mm-hmm. in my living room of my house. And we were in a prayer meeting, and our house was like a two-story. There was a loft area that was had an open balcony. And I looked up from prayer, and there was this massive angel. It had to have been around 20 feet tall because our uh, two floors in the house would have been over 16 feet and its head went out through the roof. Yeah. And when I saw it, I was actually um, uh, terrified, I'll, I'll tell you that. I screamed. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of times when we are engaging in the supernatural, um, our, our natural body isn't ready for it. I was not ready for it. I was just kind of in prayer, had my head bowed, looked up, and there it was. So it, it shocked me. And as soon as I screamed, um, the appearance of it left. But the memory of that angel has never left. And at that particular time, we were going through a lot of spiritual warfare, a lot of opposition, and the Lord revealed to me that he uh, showed me that angel to give me comfort and strength to know that he was on the case. He had everything looked after, all the stuff that we were going through. He he was on it. <laughs> yes, and now I know that's not the only thing that you've seen. Uh, it's it's not a strange thing for you to see visions, uh, like you said, open, open visions, dreams, and that sort of thing. Tell me about slaying a dragon. <laughs> okay, well, um, I had some friends over for a prayer meeting one night, and we were listening to the Lord. The Lord had spoken to us and said, I don't want you to share any revelation or sing a song or pray a prayer um, without me directing it. So we were very quiet for what seemed to be a long time. And then all of a sudden, I felt the prompting of the Spirit to start speaking in tongues. 
And when I did, um, it was a language that I, I had not spoken before in tongues. It was like a Asian dialect is what it sounded like. But it came through like with a force of like uh, preaching rather than praying. And then in the midst of that, the Lord took me into a trance vision, which is like you're in a dreamlike state, but you're awake. You're very aware of it. And in this, um, I got taken over, which I understood in this encounter, because when you're in the spiritual dimension and uh, you are operating in that, you have this understanding of things that your natural intellect wouldn't be able to ordinarily grasp. And I knew that I was over Mongolia in the spirit. And I, and I saw in this vision, in this trance, I saw a green, large, uh, large green dragon. And I could, I could see that the words that I was speaking in tongues were actually assaulting the dragon. I could see it wince and squirmed through, mm-hmm. were like arrows in it. And then I saw it fall down. I saw it fall out of the heavens, and I won't tell you the rest of the vision. It's a little bit involved, but long story short is what I saw was a great harvest of souls coming once the dragon fell. So when I came out of that transvision and I, I shared it with the group, we prayed into it further, and we felt the Holy Spirit saying that we had literally uh, confronted a principality in the Spirit that had fallen. It says in Luke 10, Jesus said, I saw... Satan's falling like lightning, and that's what it, it, it fell, and then a harvest. And so we started um, praying and praising God for the great harvest that was going to come in Mongolia. Well, it was just um, between one and three months later, I can't remember the exact timeline now, but I received a letter in my mail uh, from a ministry in Germany that I did not know personally at that time, but there was a headline in English from this ministry saying that... Um, a great um, outbreak of the spirit or a great harvest in Mongolia. So I was curious, and I read through it, and it was right after we had had that encounter of slaying the dragon that the harvest broke out, and that ministry to this day is still ministering in Mongolia, and there's been a great harvest there. (laughs) That is amazing. And now I I have to say, uh, I I really want to talk about this one before we get into talking about your book, because everybody, I I remember when I started hearing about um, reports of the Ebola virus, and when when I was looking at the information that you sent in, I said, oh my goodness, you know, you had actually had an assignment during this time from the Lord. Tell us about that. Yes, I will. And I just want to say uh, to our viewers that um, I really believe strongly that when you have supernatural encounter, the fruit of it needs to be measurable. So when you're having visions, you you know, you're having encounters and assignments from the Lord, um, make sure that you write it down in your journal, pray into it, but look for the fruit of it because there needs to be fruit. There needs to be measurable fruit. So I just want to say that. But um, it was during the time of the Ebola virus, and we were all pretty um, concerned about it because when you turned on the news each night, you saw that it had spread further. It was killing lives. It was literally a plague. Yes. And I, I was actually booked to go to West Africa um, not long, you know, after the Ebola virus broke out. And uh, I was down in Australia at the particular time of the Lord speaking to me. I was doing some ministry down there, and I was wondering whether I should cancel my trip 
to West Africa because the United States had put a quarantine for anyone who had been in West Africa. And it was um, around three, even extended as long as six weeks long when you came back into the country. So I said, Lord, I don't know. Like, I've got a full schedule. If I come back in and I'm quarantined for three to six weeks, unless you want me to have a ministry in the quarantine for <laughs> I need to know whether you need me to go to West Africa or cancel my trip. And he said, I don't want you to cancel your trip. I want you to kill the virus. I want you to finish this. And I had never even considered, I mean, obviously, we were praying against the virus when we saw it on the news. Right. We were praying for the victims. Obviously, we, we were doing that. But the way the Lord spoke it to me, he was like saying, you are responsible to stop this plague. And I thought, wow, I've never considered that before. So I, uh, I started praying in tongues um, and just, you know, yielding to the Lord, praying in the Holy Spirit. And the Lord took me into um, a transvision, an encounter where I was literally soaring over the nation of Ghana in this encounter. And I saw it like I was up high in the spirit, looking down upon the nation like a, a, a map. I could see the uh, nation like uh, marked out like you would see it on a map. And, and the spirit of God was causing me to soar around the nation, and I was making decrees, speaking death to the virus. And, um, and, and I just continued to do that. And then I was brought out of, out of the um, trance, and I felt that um, something was settled. Mm-hmm. Well, what was interesting is the pastor that was hosting me um, wanted to take me on a, on a hike up this hill to pray over his city. And uh, on the way back down from that uh, trip, that was the next day, on the way back down, um, there was a large snake across the path. And the Ebola virus, when you look at it under the microscope, is like it looks like a snake. And I hate snakes. Mm-hmm. So I kind of jumped back when I saw the snake in the natural. But then I realized, oh, it was dead. And, um, and I thought, wow, it's dead. And it was a confirmation to me from the Lord that the Ebola virus had died. My husband called me after the ministry that next night and said, did you see on the news about the Ebola virus? And I said, no, what? And he said, well, they are uh, declaring over the news that it has strangely turned around because they were expecting escalation, but instead of escalation, it has actually diminished. He said it just happened overnight. So it was another sign to me. And, of course, by the time I went to minister in uh, West Africa, which was a couple months or so later, um, all the quarantine had already been lifted, and it was not an issue anymore. And it it was really interesting. Now, I know that God called many people to pray for it during that. Yes. But the Lord was showing me that we have authority in the Spirit to take care of natural things. And when we hear from the Lord to take care of something, He actually... Uh, means that even though we might feel really small, we might feel insignificant, we might think, well, who am I to be able to handle that? But it's the Lord's power. It's the Lord's authority. It's His grace. And when you take care of things in the Spirit like that, it will manifest in the natural. Yes, that's what I just started to say. That was just amazing to me that you pointed out when when you were praying, God, do you want me to go? What should I do? And, And He did want you to go, but you went first in the Spirit. 
And then once it was all defeated, then you went in the natural. Oh, that, that is amazing. Well, listen, I want to get to your brand new book that's called Accessing the Riches of Heaven. Patricia, oh, my goodness, I, I love your works and I, I love your material. We got a hold of this book a, a couple of months back and we have been reading and reading and learning and learning from this brand new book and I so appreciate it. But you know what? Sometimes when, when people talk about riches, you know, the, the name of your book, Accessing the Riches of Heaven, some people only think money. I, explain that for us. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting, and I want all of our, our listeners to really receive this, is that so often we are connected in our minds with the world system. Now, money is part of the world system. So when people think of riches, oftentimes they're thinking of money or material things. Money is just an earthly currency. It's part of the world system. You won't find money in heaven, but you will find riches in heaven. Yes. You will find abundance in heaven. Now, um, we look at um, maybe, you know, a whole bunch of houses, lands, uh, uh, cars, nice clothes, and that maybe is being riches, gold, silver, jewelry, what, 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 whatever. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. God will give his people those things, you know, but we have to remember that those are just uh, earthly things that we will leave behind when we go. But the riches in heaven include not only provision for us in the earth that we can download, because heaven's atmosphere is extravagant. Uh, God is an extravagant, glorious, majestic God uh, with everything high quality. Everything is beautiful. But we have to look at also things like that are way more important than earthly treasures, such as wisdom and such as peace and his goodness, his righteousness the abundance of God in every area of life, our strength, our, our health, our, our vigor, all those things are part of the riches of heaven. And we have access to all of the above. And yes, definitely our provision in the earth. Definitely. Uh, we see that all the time as we position ourselves before God and his promises and access his provision that it starts to manifest in the earth in realms of it could be money or houses, yes. cars, jewelry, all those things. And But we have to go to God first. We have to understand who we are as a heavenly being first. And he wants us. He wants us all to experience his riches. That's that's good. Let me ask you this question. What would happen, and you pose this question yourself in your book, what would happen if heaven was to manifest itself on the earth? Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What would happen, Patricia, if heaven really were to manifest itself on earth? Well, let's all take a moment right now to dream big on that one. Okay. It's what we're created for, isn't it? It's what we're created for, is to bring heaven to earth. That's God's desire, is that we would, um, we would manifest his glory here on the earth. So it says in the Bible um, that for this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest, that he destroyed the works of the enemy. So what are the works of the enemy? Sin, bondage, um, sickness, disease, poverty, corruption. I mean, we could go on and on and on. So if we're going to dream big on what would it look like for heaven to invade earth, it's like through the people of God, we go out and we see the sick, and all of a sudden heaven comes on them, and they're well. 
the weak are made strong, the poor are made rich. Um, our ministry works in a lot of poverty-stricken nations, and, you know, just imagining um, just that poverty being annihilated because the the riches of heaven all of a sudden manifest, or you go into a corrupt society where there's injustice and the people are being taken advantage of, and all of a sudden the conviction of heaven, the righteousness of heaven, the spirit of the fear of the Lord falls on the nation, and every corrupt leader is now righteous. Yes. And I love dreaming big like that. And this is God's assignment for us, is to bring heaven to earth. Yes, yes, I love that. Give me an example. I know you you travel the world. You you talked about um, a little crippled girl that was healed in Africa. How is that a a picture of the riches of heaven? Well, the riches of heaven, and one of the things that's included in there is, of course, healing, healing for the sick. And uh, miracle, miracle realms come out of heaven into the earth to bring adjustment. So we were in um, Africa. We were in Nigeria, actually, this a number of years ago. But uh, a father brought his little girl over to where we were staying for prayer. He had heard that we, we were there and wanted, wanted us to pray. And when he brought her in, uh, bless her little heart, just a, a, a little girl whose legs were all twisted and crippled. She had not been able to walk since birth. She was born with this defect. And uh, you could see the desperation in his eyes. He just wanted his little girl uh, healed. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw uh, her her twisted legs and that, you know, she had never walked and she was in his arms, I thought, God, I know you can do it, but I'm not sure you can do it through me. Mm. But I thought, I'm just going to be faithful to do what God told me to do. He said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And so I laid hands on her and I commanded the legs in Jesus' name to go straight. And nothing seemed very different. I mean, I didn't feel a powerful anointing. I didn't see lightnings from heaven come. <laughs> I didn't see, you know, anything like jolt her legs or anything. But the father uh, put her down off of his lap and stood her up. And all of a sudden, she was standing like a normal girl and then started walking like a normal little girl. And she was so happy, and the father was in tears, and they were, they were, they were just ecstatic with joy. And I looked, and I thought, "This is amazing." But it was, it was weird that the thought that came to me. I thought, "Was she really as twisted in her legs as what I saw?" Because so often, the supernatural just seems really natural. It's not as spectacular as we think it might be. It was. It just seemed like the most natural thing for her to get up and start walking. Yes. And um, and it was just the most beautiful thing, but heaven touched her. Heaven came down. The riches of heaven, the healing power of God touched her and changed her family's life. Her father was was just weeping and weeping. He was so happy uh, with, with what had happened to his little girl, and she was just glowing. Yes. Whoa. Wow. I love that story, and I loved the line that you said. Now, that is on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, Patricia. Right on. Yes, yes. I want you to talk to us a little bit about an encounter that you had that you called the Treasury Room. Right. I was in Detroit, Michigan on April 6th of 2018, and I was in worship. Um, I was just having a beautiful time with the Lord in worship. It was one of those real anointed worship sessions in a conference. 
And all of a sudden, um, the presence of God thickened around my life as I was standing there, and I was taken up into a heavenly encounter into what I call the treasury room. Um, it was absolutely um, uh, stunning. In, in some ways, it's hard to talk about it, even to this day. It's hard to even put words to it. But I stood at the entrance um, of a room in heaven, and I, I could feel the Lord beckoning me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I could feel him saying, come through, come in. And um, and so I, I stepped through the doorway, and I was just in awe, because here was this this room so full of glory, the walls, the ceiling, the floor were constructed with what looked like uh, gold, but it was so pure you could see through it. So it's it's hard to explain it, but it was as if it just went on and on and on. Even though it was a wall, even though it was a ceiling, it didn't seem to have limitation to it. It, it, it seemed to just like, you know, a wall of gold that you could go on and on and on and on and on with, never ending. And it was absolutely stunning. And then the next thing I noticed, um, and, you know, with the glory, there was amazing glory filling that whole room. I could feel it tangibly around me. I was awestruck by it. So the next thing I saw was a treasure chest in the middle of the room, and it was made of brown wood, um, but it was stained. Um, it was crimson in color. It was stained with crimson on it, which spoke to me of the blood mm-hmm. to me right away. And in it um, was filled with, with what looked like golden coins or valuable coins. And it was stunning because, again, the gold was like um, you could see through it. It was glistening. It was like um, full of light. There was like light emanating off of it. It was beautiful. And I knew in that vision that I had access to that treasure chest. Um, It was like the Lord was saying, this belongs to you. This room belongs to you. This room belongs to my people. And you have you have access. This this is this is a chest that is not closed to. It was wide open with the exposure of all the treasure that was in it. And I I felt the Lord say that to you. And I was I was I was in awe over this when I noticed that there was Jesus standing behind it and just to the side of it a bit. And he filled the room and he was he was so glorious. Everything about him was radiating glory. I don't even know how to explain it. He was light. He was love. He was, he was brilliant. He was wealth. He was, he was everything. And it was his very presence that filled that room. I realized you are the treasure. Yes. Yes. Space emanated light and like the blue that it was like sapphire, clear crystal sapphire like his eyes i don't know how to explain it It was like it's emanating off of him and it was so pure it was like he was looking right through me and his face was like a warm glow of love 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 Mm, wow i just started to weep i couldn't stop weeping in the midst of this session because because like nothing 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 compares to him and he is the treasure Yes. I felt the Spirit of God reveal to me that in this hour, He's going to be inviting people, all of His people, to be acquainted with the reality of the treasures that are available to them in heaven. 
Nothing, nothing at all that we could touch or receive as far as a blessing in life, not any healing, not any deliverance, not any provision. Nothing compares with the brilliance of who actually Jesus is because he is the treasure. And it's from him that everything else flows and that we are to never forget him, never get our eyes off of him. We're coming into a season where great treasure is going to be released to the people of God. Great riches are going to be downloaded out of heaven to the people of God. But if we start to worship the riches, uh, we will go astray, even though they come from God. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus himself needs to be the focus. Right, right, the treasure. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, I know a lot of people think about these these riches and, and this heaven atmosphere, this place in the future. But, Patricia, you know, I you, you teach in this book, and it's just so wonderful the way that you explain it and reveal it, that this, that this heaven's riches are available to us now. And Jesus made that possible. Yes, absolutely. They're available to us now, and God wants us to access them. And faith is our currency in heaven. In the earth, we have, like, you know, money as a currency, but in heaven, we have faith as our currency. So the transactions that release what God's already given to us in heaven into our life um, is done through our faith. We apprehend through faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We receive revelation from the Spirit of God, and then we use our faith to bring out of the invisible realm into the natural. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Patricia, talk to us a little bit about the four realms of abundance. Now, I know this began with an angelic visitation. That's right. On October 29, 2013, I had had an angel uh, visit me in my home just prior to leaving for a tent meeting that morning. And um, they'd revealed three scrolls to me concerning uh, prophetic words for that particular season in my life. And so we're going off to the meeting. We're rejoicing. I mean, we've just had an angelic visitation. We're pretty in awe over it. I arrive at the tent meeting, begin to worship, and was having a great time worshiping with the Lord when um, a, a revelation came to me of Genesis 26, 12 to 13. And it was like the fourth scroll. When I speak of a scroll, I'm talking about the unfolding of a revelation. And the Lord opened up the understanding of four realms of abundance that he wanted his church to walk in, um, that he wanted his people to embrace. And a realm is like an atmosphere, or it's a position of authority that you hold because you've received revelation on it, uh, because you've uh, worked that revelation and established authority um, of that revelation. That's what creates a realm of authority. Mm -hmm. Let's go through those. I know we don't have a lot of time here. Uh, People will just have to. I encourage you to get the book because these realms are just amazing. Let's go through them uh, and just basically cover uh, the four realms. Right. So it's out of Genesis 26, verses 12 to 13. And we see that Isaac, he uh, sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. And so in the book, we unpack this uh, quite a bit. We'll be doing some more uh, teaching on it uh, that will be on the uh, CD or on the audio series that is available uh, to uh, those that get the resource on this. But the first realm is 
the realm of reaping. When you sow, you will reap. In this case, we see that there was a reaping of a hundredfold return in the same year. And God wants to give that to his people. It's an acceleration of reaping what has been sown. And uh, that very day, I actually sowed a seed into a ministry need that we were having. And within three weeks, in less than three weeks, actually, that entire ministry need was met um, because of that uh, seed that was sown. A hundredfold came back and returned and met that need. The second realm is the realm of blessing. When you sow the seed, it puts you into a, a flow of opening up the realms. The first realm, of course, being the realm of reaping what you sowed. But the second realm is the realm of blessing. Now, oftentimes when you sow, you will reap blessing in areas that were not specifically the area that you sowed into. And so you might uh, sow into a particular friendship, let's say, that you want to grow and then find out that other friendships that you never even sowed into specifically are opened up and blessed for you. Okay, the favor of God comes on you. So the second realm is the realm of blessing. The third realm is the realm of, of rich, becoming rich. It said that he became rich. So he was blessed, but now he became rich. And when you're rich, you live in a sustained realm of blessing. It's not just a, a, a blessing here or a blessing there. It's a sustained realm. And it talks about your personal abundance. And every believer is to have personal abundance. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came that you would have life and have it in its abundance. So Isaac became rich. God says, I want all my people to be rich because the alternative would be uh, poverty. He wants us to live in abundance. That's what he came for. And then, of course, it says that he became even richer so that he grew in that realm. And then the fourth realm is the realm of wealth. And wealth is different from, from being rich. You can be rich and have personal abundance, but you don't change the world with it. But when you're wealthy, you are influencing the, the, the world that you live in with the riches that you have. And it's very important that believers contend to be rich and wealthy. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to become extremely wealthy, just like Isaac became extremely wealthy. And God wants that so that we can change the world that we live in. Right now, we see so much corruption. We see uh, uh, evil people holding wealth, and they're influencing with their uh, money and the, the stuff that they've made off of, you know, selling drugs or, or uh, selling sex, pornography, sex trade, all of that. And they're advancing evil agendas through distributing their wealth, mm -hmm. releasing their wealth and building their kingdom. We have to rise up and annihilate that. And it's going to be by understanding that realm of wealth and living in it. And God is looking for people that he can trust with uh, wealth. But it came through. This is the, the thing that impacted me that day. All those four realms were released through the sowing of Isaac's seed. Yes. When he sowed the seed, it kicked into the progress of four realms. And Patricia, how important is it for us to be very intentional about that? Absolutely important, because what you focus on, that's what you empower. There are so many promises. The whole Bible is full of promises that are available to every single believer, every single one. 
But when we don't attach our faith to it, and when we don't work those promises and overcome the um, opposition of the enemy that comes against it, then we won't build around. It'll just still be available to us, but it won't be activated within our life. So intentionality is very important. Yes, yes. And there, there was a time in your life that you tell us about that um, you, you didn't have a lot of money in the bank and your income was very minimal because you were working as missionaries at the time. So there was not a lot of like money there per se, not a lot of riches in that sense, but you felt very rich. Right. In fact, on the mission field, and that was a season, by the way, that we were contending for the breakthrough, for the promises of God to be made manifest. And we had a five-year warfare season on that. Um, and when it broke out, we, we carved out a realm of abundance during that time. But I remember um, uh, living in the mission field uh, down in Mexico with my husband. We were there for a few years and our children, and our whole family just lived in one little room. It was very humble quarters. We shared the small apartment with six other people. We shared one bathroom. And people could look on that and say, well, that's, you know, you were poor. No, we were not poor. We had more than enough. We had what was sufficient for us. We had food to eat every day. We had transportation. We didn't have any debt. We had everything that we needed. We were we were happy. So you don't have to have a lot of the world's riches to be to be rich. Yes. You will live in a realm where you are fully satisfied, which is what we lived in at that time. And also the greater riches were every single day. We got to see souls saved, people healed, people delivered, um, captives set free. I mean, every single day we got to see the riches of heaven in abundance. You know, so we were living in a realm of rich. And I think that today many people are basing their status of being rich or wealthy based on what they see on media, based on what the world says. Well, you're only rich if you have so much money. You're only rich if you have a big house, 10 cars, you know, servants and all of that. And even though there's nothing wrong with those things, if they are in right perspective for you, you can be rich without all those things. Mm. A lot of people are living actually uh, very humble lives, minimized lives right now, so that they are not weighed down by the cares of the world, and they're live, they have abundance. They're living in abundance, and so um, that's what God wants us to go after: is that abundant life? Yes, based on God's concept of it. Yes. Yes. Once again, Sid and I want to encourage everyone that's listening today to get Patricia King's brand new book, Accessing the Riches of Heaven, and her brand new and exclusive audio teaching series, Heaven's Abundance Now. And Sid will be here at the end of the program, as usual, to tell you how you can get it. So don't miss it. Well, we've been talking about realms, the four realms of abundance uh, with Patricia King here. And um is it possible for us to create a realm, Patricia? Yes, exactly. You create a realm by, first of all, finding your promise. Because all realms in the kingdom are based on God's very own word. What does his word say? What is his promise for your life? So when you get a hold of God's word, his promise, and you meditate on that, and you believe that promise, and you work that promise, you become a doer of that word, not a hearer only, and you stand on that promise, and then when the warfare comes against it, and it will, you know, the enemy will war against your faith, he'll war against that promise, but when you overcome it by standing on the word and drawing close to Jesus, then that realm of authority will be formed in your life. 
after my husband and I came through that five-year uh, season that we were in of resistance to the Word of God, and, and we had to fight for our daily bread, the fight of faith for daily bread. And uh, when we came through it, though, we, we carried authority, and the Lord led us into the poverty-stricken nation. That's when we went down into Mexico and other poverty-stricken nations right after we conquered that realm. And when we did, the prosperity and blessing of the Lord opened up for the poor that we were ministering to, for our uh, ministry and giving us enough to, to do everything that we needed and more with all the provision that we needed. We opened up the realm, and that realm we're still operating in today because when you contend for a realm, and in the book we teach you how to do that, when you contend for a realm, um, it is established then for your life. Yes. For your life, you carry that realm. Yes. There's something in the book that just was astounding to me when I read this and started studying this, Patricia, in your book, and it was about ascending and descending, and that's you know, we've been talking about accessing the riches of heaven, but ascending and descending from heaven, that was just amazing to me and actually pretty new for me. So it might be for some of our listeners as well, but that's biblical. Yes. And of course, in the book, we go into more um, scriptural teaching on that. But um, we know that, like, for example, in Hebrews uh, four sixteen, it says that we are exhorted strongly in the scripture to go before the throne of grace. He said, come boldly, come boldly, come with confidence before the throne of grace and obtain things there, obtain grace, obtain mercy. Um, So we are taught in the scripture to go to a place called the throne of grace, but the throne of grace isn't in the earth anywhere. You can't find a throne of grace in any nation in the world. Right. It is in the heavenly dimension. So in order then to, to fulfill that, exhortation, you're going to have to learn how to use your faith to stand in that place. And we know that in Ephesians 2, it says that we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Right. Where is Jesus seated? At the right hand of the Father. And so we are told in Scripture that we are literally positioned. In other words, we can live in two realms where, you know, another term for it is bilocated. Jesus lived in two realms. He said, I only do the things I see my Father do. And he taught us where his father lived. He said, our father who lives in heaven. Mm-hmm. So he, he had access into heaven's atmosphere where he connected with God. And then, but he manifested uh, heaven's will, the father's will in the earth. And so he was very much in the natural, but also lived in the, in the heavenly dimension at the same time. Right. We are told that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ, but we're also... We know that we're planted here on the earth to manifest His glory here. So we, we can manifest or live in those two realms. All right. We're talking about heaven ascending, descending. And, and you tell us that there's two kinds of heavenly encounters. Uh, there's sovereign and there's faith encounters. I, explain the difference. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, we know that God is sovereign and He is supreme. Yes. And as God... He can do whatever he chooses to do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he is governed by his own word, of course, but, I mean, he, cre- he he spoke the word. He is the word. So he at any time can give us a, a sovereign encounter, which means we don't have anything to do with it. It's just his choosing. He does it. And we can enjoy what God gives. 
Um, it, it doesn't involve our faith. In fact, we know that in Catherine Kuhlman meetings years ago, people who were skeptics would receive the healing of God because of his sovereign intervention in their life. So that's the sovereignty of God. Um, but God, to the believer, has not actually promised to give us any sovereign encounters. He can, but he hasn't promised because all of his sovereign plan is fulfilled in his son, Jesus Christ who completed everything for us on the cross and who gave us access to all the promises, all that God is and all that he has. So that was God's sovereign plan that he put into place. And so we have access to everything in God now as we study the word, as we see what's there, as the spirit gives us revelation, and we use our faith to lay hold of that. Yes. Sometimes people will say, well, I'm just waiting for God to come to me. And I, I, I have that, too, because I had a sovereign encounter in 1994. January of 1994 was my very first encounter into heaven, and it was a sovereign encounter. I didn't even know you could experience heaven while you were in the earth. Uh, but the Lord took me up into heaven. I heard audible uh, laughter. I had visions within visions there. The Lord spoke a lot of ex- extreme insights to me at that time. Um, but it was a sovereign encounter. So after that, in 1994, I kept wanting another sovereign encounter. I said, oh, God, take me up to heaven. <laughs> I want more. You know, I was hungry for more. Right. And nothing happened. And it was about in the year of 2000. I was hosting a, a conference in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. And Bob Jones, who is a prophet who has gone on to be with the Lord now, was one of the speakers. And I went to pick him up from the airport. And I told him about my encounter in 1994 knowing that he had many heavenly encounters, and I wanted some insight. I wanted some prayer. I wanted some help to have more. And he told me, I have these every day. And I said, what? Every day? Well, I, I would love to have an encounter every day. And he said, well, well, you can. It's by faith. You're, you're seated in heavenly places in Christ. And so it was a couple days later, we were in the lunchroom, and he led me in prayer, to have um, another encounter. I was so excited. I was believing for something big to happen, like what had happened in 1994, because it was very dramatic. But this encounter was very different, and I describe it in the book. Um, And I won't go into all the details of it now, excepting to say I was really disappointed when I came out of the so-called encounter. I had had seen a very faint image of a vision of of uh, eagles and snow-capped mountains, and Bob Jones said that is the, a movement of the prophetic in the Pacific Northwest, and, um, you know, the prophets are gathering sort of thing. And I thought, well, that's disappointing. I was expecting <laughs> something like like I had in 94, thinking that that would be more legitimate or more authentic. Right. And so I actually dismissed it, and uh, Stacey Campbell was in the lunchroom the next day and had a similar encounter and saw a similar vision as I did that day without knowing what I had had the day before. And to make a long story short, interestingly enough, is six months later, we were hosting a prophetic, our first prophetic council for Canada, the very first one. It had never happened in the history of the nation before. And I was going to the airport to pick up um, the prophets, and it was snowing. And there were snow-capped mountains all around. And the Lord said, remember what you downloaded out of heaven that day in the lunchroom six months ago. This is that. He said it was snow-capped mountains. It was snowing and eagles. And the eagles is a symbol of the prophet. So I was picking up the prophet. 
And so it, it, it turned out to be a very significant event which established a prophetic council in a nation that had never been before. And the Lord showed me then, he said, you were ready to dismiss it because it was too faint. But he said, I move in the faint and the small. And he reminded me of how Jesus, when he came into the earth, he didn't come as a great, big, glorious king in a big castle. He came as a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a very obscure place and family. And he said, if if you will look for the still small voice, if you will look for the seemingly uh, faint, you will you will find encounter with me. So I went on a whole learning curve <laughs> uh, after that time. I had to repent, of course, from my even attitude and everything and say, God, I will follow you by your spirit. And I will believe that what you're revealing to me is an actual fact, an encounter with you as you uh, reveal it. So that's the difference between the sovereign move and the faith move. So I can right now, for example, by faith, step into my position in the heavenly places by directing my focus on that, by using my faith to say, okay, Lord, I stand before the throne of grace right now to receive help in time of trouble, to come to you, to receive mercy, to receive grace, and then take hold of what he gives me in that place by faith and and receive it and activate it in the earth. Yes, yes. And Patricia, I know that some of these things are new for, for some people, and some people have just not understood them when hearing them before or hearing of them. And I just appreciate the fact that you have gone the extra mile and not just said, this is available, but you have actually provided keys to help people understand. So uh, was that important to you when you were writing this book, to, to actually make it something practical that other people could experience as well? Absolutely. Um, years ago, I had a 30-day visitation with the Holy Spirit um, where he unpacked to me through the scripture and then through encounters that followed over a 30-day period, how he wanted every believer to know their access into the glory, Mm. into the dimension of the unseen uh, kingdom of God. And so he took me through the scripture line on line, precept on precept, and downloaded revelation. And it meant a lot to me personally, not only for my own growth in the Lord, but a heart to see every believer know what they have access to. And I really think it, it, it needs teaching. It needs, you know, you need to have your eyes open. What does the scripture say? How does the scripture support this? Yes. On scriptural foundation. So it it was very important. And I love uh, seeing every believer uh, have real authentic encounters in the Lord and live according to his promises and enjoy a heavenly life in the earth. Yes. Well, you you have done a masterful job of opening this up and revealing this to us. So I appreciate that. And I'd love for you to take a moment and pray before we leave. Um, just whatever you would like to pray uh, as, as we've gone through this teaching and as you've shared some of your stories. For those that are listening right now, would you pray for them? Thank you. I would love to. What I'm seeing right now is hunger. And the Lord says, There's power in your hunger. And I see many of you, many of you who are listening, are so hungry for the more of God. You have enjoyed what you have in the Lord, but you're hungry for more. And I hear the Lord saying, 
that he will fill the hungry. He will fulfill your desire as you delight in him. So, Lord, I thank you for the spiritual hunger that is in your people. And I ask, Lord God, that you would pour forth, you would pour forth fresh water from the throne, water from your heart, the Spirit of God, revelatory insight for your people, Lord God, that will cause them to stand in new realms of glory and encounters in you. Fill their hungry hearts. Fill them to overflowing. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, yes, amen. Patricia, thank you so much for being with us. And now, here's Sid to tell you how you can get this powerful new resource from Patricia King. It's Accessing the Riches of Heaven and her exclusive audio teaching series, Heaven's Abundance Now. Sid? Patricia King says that people are so hungry to understand their position in God and how to live a supernatural life. She wants you to know how to access the riches of heaven and how to do it now. You'll find such revelatory teaching and practical instruction in Patricia's brand new book, Accessing the Riches of Heaven, It will literally change your life. So be sure to get her brand new book, Accessing the Riches of Heaven, and her brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series, Heaven's Abundance Now. You can't get this teaching series anywhere else. You'll get the brand new book, the teaching series, and as a bonus, a bookmark, featuring Patricia's teaching on the four realms of blessing. All of this for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9661. That's offer number 9661. 